Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is May 11th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. Uh, enjoying the end of the regular season and the kind of meaningless games and getting ready for the postseason, which is everything this episode is. This is a postseason preview, even though we don't quite know yet who the Bruins will be playing. And we also don't know yet when they are going to be playing, when these games are even going to start. Uh, but Connor and I dove into everything on the Penguins, on the Capitals. Uh, we also discussed Andre Kasha a bit because Andre Kasha is returning. So we discussed uh, what to expect from him, how we think he's going to end up doing. Again, this was recorded Monday afternoon, so it did come before the Bruins Islanders game. Kasha could have scored three goals uh, or he could have done nothing. We have no idea, but we did discuss kind of what we expect uh, out of him. Before we get into the episode, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. Ahaha. Ah, and you can track all the action at bet online, get all the latest odds. News and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next pitch, where the puck drops on the playoffs, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and take advantage of that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts don't sit on the sidelines anymore, get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50. Again, promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, again, playoffs are starting uh, in the NHL. They will be in the NBA soon. You have the MLB. Uh, the Red Sox doing really well. So now is the time. Now is the time to get in. And this is the fun time of year. This is the part of the year that we missed last year. This time, because remember, it came in August, September-ish, when like every sport was playing. So now we get it at the normal, usual time um, in April slash May. Now, again, I guess actually not really April. So May and June, uh, we'll have everything. So lots to bet on. Again, promo code CLNS50. Uh, go there now to receive that 50% welcome bonus. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. Excited for the playoffs to start. Good, as you should be, as everybody is. I am, I'm excited for the playoffs to start, but 
I also have a tinge of, of sadness uh, with me today. And that's because at the end of this week, I graduate college. And that's a sad thing. Graduate on May 14th. I know. I, I would have no idea. You're in college? I remember one time uh, when I was covering the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2019, Matt Kalman and I were riding up an elevator. And I don't remember how it got brought up. But I was like, oh, yeah, I got to run back to Amherst tomorrow. I got to submit a project in person. And he's like, what do you mean you have to submit a project in person? And I said, well, I'm, Matt, I'm, I'm a sophomore at UMass. And he's like, you're in college? I said, yes, Matt, I'm 20 years old. I, yes, I'm in college. And he was so baffled that I could possibly be in college yet still do this. So uh, that was the first instance of you're in college. Um, and I used to try to not hide it, but I never mentioned it ever because I don't want people to be like, oh, he's, you know, he's not legit enough if he's still in college. And uh, I hope that I could have, you know, I still came off as <laughs> legit. <laughs> hey, I tricked you guys. Gotcha. Ab- no. Absolutely. I had you all. Uh, but no, yes, I graduate on uh, Friday. So it'll be in person and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I'm not excited to leave, but excited to graduate. Congratulations, Evan. Thank you. Thank you, you leave a fine legacy at the <laughs> University of Massachusetts Amherst. No, just UMass. Just UMass. Okay. Just UMass. I, 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 I didn't say Amherst, at least. So I know yes. how, and how ornery people can get about it. So can't say the H. There's no H in Amherst. It's just Amherst. A M E R S T. But yes, yeah, so that'll be Friday. And that's, uh, that, that's going to be fun. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, to be what it's going to be feel like to graduate. I took a bunch of pictures, uh, Sunday, me and all my friends went to the, to the campus and Mm -hmm. we, uh, we took a ton of pictures on campus with the grad caps and the robes and that felt really weird. So I was like, man, Friday is going to feel even weirder. Crazy though. Greg Carville, the hockey coach is giving the commencement address. There you go. Carville to give the commencement address at all. I think there's either three or four graduations they've lumped us all into. I go at 12 p.m. I have friends, though, who go at 9, and I have friends who go at 6 p.m. The 6 p.m. one, I think, would be the the least fun. So I got the best. I got 12 p.m. graduation. So think of me at 12 on Friday. Maybe shed a tear. Pour one out for me. But at any rate, uh, that is that. But there is postseason hockey to be played. Before we do get to that, though, I do – Again, we're recording this Mondays or recording this on Monday. So the game against the Islanders, we do not know the score of. Uh, It really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But the only thing that really does matter from it or that I think is very important is Andre Kasha is back. Andre Kasha will be returning to action. And I would imagine we'll play both games unless knock on wood, he gets hurt, which hope he doesn't. Um, But uh, he right now is penciled on the fourth line with Curtis Lazar and Jake DeBrusque. What do you expect out of Kasha? What do I expect? Uh, that's a, a tough question, just given how long he's been off. Um, I mean, I think for for him, it's – I think the addition of a guy like him who on most teams would probably be a top six guy if he was healthy, now that you have him on the fourth line where he's with Jake DeBrusque, another guy who was literally on the Bruins' top six for the last three years, right? I think it gives you a different look on that, on that fourth line, uh, gives you plenty of skill. Um, you put in with a guy like Curtis Lazar, who also very well could be playing up higher in the lineup on a lot of other teams. It at least just adds you another uh, element of scoring punch uh, to that fourth line. And based on Bruce Cassidy's comments today, it sure seems like they're they're getting to a point where once Charlie Coyle comes back, which he won't the last two games uh, after suffering that upper body injury, but should be cleared for the postseason. It sure seems like they're looking at that third line as kind of a, a line they want to roll out of, of Richie, Corrali, and Coyle, like this big physical puck possession line. So if those are kind of your big bodies, 
you can kind of tinker with your fourth line kind of however you see fit. So if your fourth line is now all of a sudden like a, a north-south speed potential skill line, uh, it adds even more scoring depth, right? I mean, it's not like Jake DeBrusque and Kasha who have been injured and in, in, in a, a bad rep this year are guys who, you know, can't score, right? We've got two guys who are 20 goal scorers, almost a 30 goal score on DeBrusque in the fourth line. Like if you're able to, exploit those matchups and generate chances uh, against other four, you know, fourth lines or, or what have you pretty good situation to be in. So for Kasha, I think it's all about kind of just sticking to his game and, and playing just a simplified game. I mean, he's got plenty of skill, obviously hasn't led to much in terms of scoring so far when he's been with the Bruins, but if he can just be this guy who, you know, the book's been out on that he's a, you know, uh fast skater, you know, generates high danger chances. If he just does that in the fourth line, Chances are probably going to be there for him. So, again, the, the biggest hurdle is going to be how he, you know, recovers from so much time off, a guy who's got a, a pretty extensive injury history. So that's the number one concern. But if he's able to, you know, give you uh, looks on that fourth line and generate chances, all of a sudden your fourth line's looking awfully deep, right? I mean, that, that that's a pretty deep lineup. Yeah, and I think the other thing, you know, you mentioned the rust, you know, shaking the rust off after all that time off. It was only last week that he really got back into normal practices and it was the end of last week. So he's not, he doesn't exactly have a ton of uh, skating under his belt heading into Monday and Tuesday's regular season finales. So to me, I mean, I don't have high expectations for this. I don't think, you know, the team should either. I don't think they do. I think they're kind of like, let's see what we kind of got with this. Because again, you know, the team's already deep. You've you're deep up front. You know, this is not, you don't, desperately need Andre Kasha back in the lineup. Um, but again, you want to have your best lineup out there in the playoffs. So why not give it a shot? I think the other thing that's interesting is uh, what this means for Jake DeBrusque. You know, you put a guy like Kasha with DeBrusque and suddenly, I mean, Kasha and DeBrusque were going into the season, potentially the second line left, uh, left and right wingers uh, with Krejci down the middle. So it's not like DeBrusque is playing with guys who are below his skill level. He's playing with Andre Kasha now who, mm-hmm is really kind of on par. They're similar players. You know, you expect a lot out of them, but they, they're, they've been a bit inconsistent. Obviously, Kasha's issues have been injury plagued. DeBrusque has just been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think, you know, you mentioned the matchups, that third line being the big line. You can almost make a case that the DeBrusque line is now the, the third line, really, in a sense, just yeah. skill-wise. Skill um, yeah. And again, you also, we've said this a thousand times, I've said this either on Poke the Bear or this a few weeks ago, now that the Krejci line is working, Krejci, Hall, and, and Smith, you don't have to worry so much about line matchups, you know, or you do, but you don't have to, you know, put the corralling line out there against the other team's top line because, you know, to free up the Bergeron line, if you want to put the Bergeron line out against the Crosby line, let's say you play in Pittsburgh, which we'll get to mm-hmm. later. Uh, you can then ha- you have the Krejci line that, you know, you can get a line favorable matchup uh, there, or you can do it with the fourth line with Lazar and, and DeBrusque and Kasha, if Kasha's all good. So, they're, they're deep. Every line is, you know, again, if Kasha plays to what we, to, to a, uh, right best case scenario, but just, you know, to his potential. Plays to his level. Yeah. Yeah. If he plays to his level, you have four very good lines. Um, and it, it you know, it hits at this point of, is this the deepest Bruins team we've seen, seen under Bruce Cassidy? I think yes. At least up front. Definitely up front. Up front. Up front, up front for sure. Easy. Easy. Yeah. For sure up front. Uh, on the back end, you know, you're losing, you're missing Chara and Krug, but again, you also have Mike Riley back there. You have a better Matt Grizzlick. Um, you know, Lozon's been all right, you know, in a bottom six role or not a bottom six and a third pairing role could work. So I, 
this is a de- I think this is a very deep team. This is a very mm-hmm. deep team. This is a team that is a lot better, I think, than what their placement is in the standings. In they're not going to have home ice. Um, so let's get into who they could play. So the Islanders are out of the question. I cannot play the Islanders. You can play the Capitals. You can play the Penguins. Now you have said the Penguins are the tougher team to play against. I have said kind of the Capitals because of the heavy game because you're going to get killed. Who? I know we both said that, but you know who are who with the with the lineup as is. What team is a better matchup for the Bruins? Maybe in terms of Matt, I, it's tough because I mean, let, let's be let's be candid. You know, lead into this, that either matchup's going to be tough, right? Either one of these ones, you're like, all right, well, that's that's what it is, right? Um, here's the thing, though. Like, so I feel like the looming thing with the Capitals is that you know any team that's going to play them is going to get the shit kicked out of them. But yes, you know they're physical. They're a big team. They've got Tom Wilson. They've got Hathaway. They've got uh, Dylan Chara. All these all these big guys, but. I think you look at how you best exploit a, a team like that. It's easier, I think, for a team like the Bruins with their strengths to land punches against a team like the Capitals on the ice in terms of, you know, the X's and O's than it is uh, the Penguins. Now, Penguins may not be nearly as big, um, but you look at just the way the, the Capitals' defense is, uh, you look at how slow they are in defense, how the Bruins right now, especially up front, all of a sudden have all this speed in, in their lineup. I mean, they've got Top six is the top six, even though Richie, Crowley, and Coyle are the physical checking line. Uh, those guys can move, you know, at least Sean Crowley is, you know, a very good skater. And if that's your fourth line, now it might depend on the matchup. You know, do you want to roll out DeBrusque and Kasha on the fourth line? Or is that one where you go with Lazar with Frederick and, and Wagner? So that, that can change a little bit in terms of the matchups. But you look at the, the defense that the Capitals have. I mean, the Bruins average close to three. 3.6 goals per game against the Capitals. The only team they scored more goals against against Atlantic Division foes or East Division foes was the Sabres, which makes sense. Not surprising, but the oh, fact that, um, yeah, the fact that, you know, Washington, who has a slow defense, who do not really have two good goalies in net, which, I mean, I think the biggest equalizer for how much the Capitals have given the Bruins trouble over the years has been because of Braden Holpe. Now you've got uh, Vanacek and uh, Samsonov two guys who don't really scale all that much. Right. Um, I, I just look at the matchups and, and what the Bruins are going to go up against them. Yeah. You're going to get knocked around quite a bit, but it's not like the Bruins are, I don't know what it is about whether it's just Tom Wilson is getting in everyone's head, but yeah, you have to be aware of them. You got to be aware of them every time he's out on the ice, but it's not like the Bruins are this teeny tiny team like the Rangers that, you know, they're not going to be able to answer checks back. Right. Like they, they may not have the biggest decor, but you've still got, you know, again, it might involve switching around the lineup, but you've got Frederick, you've got Tenorti, you've got Kevin Miller, uh, you know, Nick Ritchie. You've got guys out there who can, you know, hold their own and throw their weight around as well. So if you're going, if you're dreading just how physical the matchup's going to be, well, one, you're going to play the Capitals probably the next round anyway. And two, it's playoff hockey. Like, what do you expect? You're better equipped now than you were, let's say, in 2019 when you couldn't really answer against the Blues. You know, you've got Kevin Miller back in the lineup, which I think makes a lot of a difference in terms of these kind of games. So, you know, you, you look at the overall matchups and, you know, Pittsburgh's going to be tough as well. But I, I kind of view like the Penguins, why I think they concern me is that they remind me of the Ottawa Senators in that 2017 series, except with more skill, where like they trap, they trap and they trap and they don't have good goalies either. 
but it's a lot harder to get the puck into the offensive zone to get chances against those good goalies as opposed to the Capitals who kind of sit back a little bit more, pack it in with their big guys, but don't have a good goalie there to make those saves when you generate those looks, right? Like Penguins, we saw in that one nothing game, they can, you know, keep you at bay in the neutral zone and then Crosby and Getzel get their chances. Like that, you know, they, they've got that equalizer there with how good their their group is. And uh, you, you factor in injuries, the fact it looks like Washington's going to be pretty banged up right now. Like, I don't know if these guys are going to be not ready by the start of the playoffs, but you've got guys nursing injuries. Uh, Penguins have Malkin coming back. And you look at Jeff Cotter. I mean, Jeff Cotter, I don't know what, elixir of life he's found in Pittsburgh but he's got nine goals in 14 games I think with with Pittsburgh and now he's that third line center because Malkin's back so again either either side's tougher you know we'll I'll sure I'm eat, I'll eat my words if Tom Wilson runs a guy and it's a key cog and, and we go from there but to go into this match I'm dreading it because of just how physical it's going to be when you've got a pretty tough team yourself and the firepower to land multiple punches against them on the score on the score sheet I would rather have Washington at this point than, than Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I think just from a firepower perspective, the physicality, I think part of it is history. You know, the, this Bruins crew under Cassidy has not always been good at answering to those bigger, tougher teams. Um, and even though they have been this year, they have a bigger lineup. Do you really want to have to put Tenorti out there in your defensive crew for a game? No, you really don't. You know, do you want to, you know, you want to have your ultimate best lineup out there. And against the Penguins, I think you do have your best lineup out there. Um, you know, Frederick's great, but do you, do you really trust him enough to be a valuable contributor in the playoffs? Maybe, maybe again, I could eat my words on that completely in my words on that. Um, but I just, to me, I see that with the, with the cap, you know, with the Penguins, it's almost like you're playing your game with the Capitals. You're playing a their game and you're, you're beefing up your lineup when, you know, uh, you know, again, a fourth line of DeBrusque, Lazar, and Kasha is one that should excite people. Like, that's a fast mm-hmm. line. That's a skill line. That's a line that could really score goals and, like, cool goals, not, like, you know, gritty uh, net front goals, which are great, which I love, which I love. I'm not saying I don't, but you, that's, a, that's a good line. That's a good skill line. So, to me, there's just something about the Capitals team. I agree with you, but their D is slow and the goaltending sucks. And, you know, again, I, I just there's something about the physicality aspect of it that you're contouring your line too much to them. And that hasn't always worked out. So that's my opinion on it. I just, I think that, you know, again, the, the, pe- the Penguins are also good. As you've also said, the Penguins shouldn't be good. Like Cody CC, Mike Matheson, Jeff Carter. Yeah, like just, Jeff, they, Jeff Carter, who, yeah. I mean. <laughs> like just, what, like what? So that seems almost like a lightning in a bottle situation where that, I mean, I could see them easily making a run easily. And I think they, Will I, I? I think that's a good team, uh, but there's something about the way that the Capitals are 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 built and how you'd have to build your team to face them. Now this gets at my point that I kind of touched upon earlier, and that in the Bruce Cassidy era, because I, I hate comparing like Claude's teams to this because it's different crews, different cores, whatever. But this seems like the best team they've had, the best full team. I mean, you really think about it. Now 2019. Was, was very good. Um, but again, you didn't have a right side to David Krejci. DeBrusque wasn't super consistent. I don't remember the Krejci line being a huge factor in that playoff run. I could be completely wrong here. But I don't remember them being a huge force, especially against the Blues. The first line was big. And then in the series against the Blues, they kind of got shut down. Uh, the Coil line was big. That was a huge one. 
Coyle, mm-hmm. Johansson, and Hyden was big. And then the Corrali line was uh, with Achari and Wagner. Uh, yeah, Achari and Wagner was great. And then Achari got injured, or Wagner got injured, and then Nordstrom went in. Um, and it was still good, not amazing, but it was still pretty good. Um, and then on D, it was, you know, they were solid. They just, you know, again, you had John Moore out there in game seven. <laughs> um, so, you know, you rask at the top of your game. So is this team better than that? Uh, I'm probably on paper. I mean, I think a lot of it goes back to the forward, the forward core, um, in terms of how deep they are. And you even go look back at that postseason, um, in, in 20, 2018, 2019. I mean, you, you've got a, a situation where, um, you know, the Bergeron line was the Bergeron line. That second line, while they still did not have an option or an answer at right wing, you still had David Krejci going crazy that year. I mean, he still hit over 70 points with DeBrusque and insert winger here. You know, Carson Kuhlman, David Backus. I meant just all the playoffs. I, mean, I, I was thinking oh, yeah. just the playoffs. I know yeah. Krejci was good that year. but this- Yeah, so, but like going into that, and then you also had a third line that going into the playoffs, you didn't really know what exactly you had there. I think – during the regular season, the Coyle, Johansson, and Heinen line only had like like eight or nine minutes of five and five ice time together. I think it was not what they have like right now with uh, Corrali, Richie, and Coyle, where sure they haven't played an extensive amount, but they've got quite a few games under their belt and they've looked good, especially they've they've scored goals. So, and then you've got this fourth line, which again. If you go with DeBrusque and Kasha, you've got a legitimate line that chart is probably a middle six group for a lot of other teams. And you've got, uh, you can, you know, tinker it around to have it be more of a physical line where you've got Wagner and Frederick or, or whatever you see fit. So, uh, yeah, I probably on paper, they're probably the best team that they've had. I mean, it's all going to come down to again how they are in net, which to make the case they're deeper there now, you've got a backup in Swayman who's been unconscious for most of the year right so um i think probably the biggest potential flaw might end up being just overall just how that defense looks because you're kind of tinkering with them on the fly right like if Kevin miller gets hurt or you know Kahlo and riley look very very good f- so far for a few games but then i mean uh saturday's game was just an implosion that was just i don't, I don't know what happened like what happened there so you've got some moving pieces there you've got a couple of smaller guys um granted guys that are very skilled but you don't maybe have as much of a sure thing there. You've got the potential, you've got playmaking potential for sure. But if you've got uh, teams pressuring them, uh, you know, you don't really have as many much, you know, equalizers or outside of that top pairing to kind of, you know, stem the tide a little bit there. So, um, but you just overall, if everyone's playing to their level, seems really good. Like that, that forward core, especially if, if you've got a lineup where on your fourth line, you've got, Kasha, who I think fed DeBrusque for three goals. I think he had the primary assist on three of his goals up in the bubble. If that line's bearing chances, if the top six is how they've been for a month plus now, and the third third line is, you know, playing physical and generating their chances, where's the weak point there? Like, again, I think the Bruins ideally aren't don't want to win games 5-4, right? But it goes a long way considering how good, you know, their their structure usually is on defense, how good Rask is to have some insurance goals along the way, right? You don't want to be in these 2-1 games all the time. If you can open up a, a 2 nothing lead in the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of a game, it goes a long way towards, you know, being able to kind of assert yourself a little bit more. So talent-wise, yeah, they – they you have a very fair case say they're probably the deepest team they've had under the Cassidy era. 
Oh yeah, no, and I th- and I think again that all comes back to the, dr- the deadline, like what you yes. did at the deadline got you here. Because again, up until that, it was like, well, this team is pretty average. It's a mediocre team, and then you know you you complete the second line, you bolster the fourth or the, the bottom six, and you also get a top four left shot defenseman, and boom, boom, things are kind of fixed. So I'm interested to see that. Um, I don't see a situation where Swayman comes in. I mean, the only no. chance I think that happens is either Rask gets injured or re- like gets more hurt or he's just flat out bad, which I don't yeah. really foresee happening. I don't see Rask sucking. He's been great um, ever since he returned. And I think overall Rask in the playoffs has been very good um, in the past bunch of years. So I don't see Swayman really getting his time, but he did get his time to the regular season. I think that's a really good thing. You way more than we ever thought Swayman would do. He did way better than anyone thought he would uh, do. So um, I don't think you can really be mad at that. I think the best case scenario happened with Jeremy Swayman this year, and it was, you know, he came in and shined, and you have a legit starter um, on the back end. So to me, everything you said, again, you have a top six, you have a legit top six, and you have players who would be in other teams' top six in your on your fourth line now. Um, yes. And again, like if you're playing the Capitals and you got to put, you know, you got to scratch Kasha, for a game, you got to scratch DeBrusque for a game to put in someone like Frederick. That's fine. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of it, but you know, you do what you got to do, and you still have those guys uh, on your bench, kind of waiting mm-hmm. to go in. So you have options. This is not, you know, switching. You know, who do we pick, Bacchus or Kuhlman for Krejci's right, right side? You know, you have uh, much more legit options there uh, to go with. So I'm excited to see what they end up doing. This, I feel like this is a team that could go on a run. I think like this is also a team that could randomly get bounced in the first round. You know, East is the East is loaded, man. Like again, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Like this, I, it feels like one of those years, kind of like uh, the Patriots in. Well, they weren't as good on paper, I guess. Uh, obviously, football wise, not hockey wise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, well, they had Patrick Chung, so they did have Patrick Chung. I mean, come on. Um, but it was the the team that beat the the Rams the second time, like two years, three years ago in 2019, yeah. 2018, mm-hmm. technically, because they always do it the year before. So uh, that felt like that team, like they could be out in the first game or they could be Super Bowl champs. And I feel like this is kind of the same with the Bruins. Like they could be out in the first round in four games or they could be a team that goes to the cup final. Because on paper, again, they're, I mean, you could make an argument on paper. They're a way better team than Pittsburgh, just on paper, you know, going yeah. off of like who Cody Cece was before, Jeff Carter's age, all that stuff. But again, because of production. Penguins are a damn good team, but uh, we will have all your coverage here uh, at CLNS. I know you will have it at Boston Sports Journal. Connor, what would you like to plug before I let you go? Yeah, we're going to be uh, – hopefully we have some clarity by the time this uh, pod is dropped or within the next day or so of who they're going to be playing. So we'll have all the breakdowns of the playoff matchups, uh, you know, best possible lineups for the Bruins, all that good stuff over at BSJ along with some uh, other features we're working on. So all that will be over uh, at bostonsportsjournal.com. So subscribe there. If you want to follow me on Twitter for all your hot takes and lovely gifs come the playoffs, you can follow me at Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And hopefully we'll also find out when the games might be. No that one would knows. be great. I would like to find out. Yeah, I'd like to plan on my schedule to find out what is actually happening. I imagine it's going to be this weekend, but... I hope game one see. is 12 o'clock on Friday afternoon. That is going to be, you know, just tremendous. Of course. Great, exactly. great job by the NHL. Schedule yes. it right during the Maybe you can request to have it like broadcast. It's, it's going to be like out on the field, like a football field. Uh, yes, it will be. Yeah. Put it, just put it on the, uh, just put it on the like jumbotron. Oh yeah. 
Uh, no big deal there. I'll sit there with my laptop on my uh on my knees, you know, kind of just or yeah, sit, sitting sitting there with my laptop. You probably get a shadow from Carvel again. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll be my big thing. My moment he's of gonna, pain. He's gonna, he's gonna point you out. He's gonna be like, you know, guy. I can imagine him being like, you know, guys, uh, leadership. You know, you can know a lot of, you know, Evan Mar- a kid like Evan Marinovsky knows a lot about about you know the intricacies of life, but he's not great with the systems of life. You know, the the mm-hmm. bigger picture stuff. You know, the leadership aspects. That's where. That's where a guy like me comes in. That's, that's something I'd say. He was taught, there was a presser. No one knows this because I didn't post it anywhere. So no one has seen this, but a little insight. There was a, someone asked him about uh, how, what Brian Murray's impact on it was when he was out in Anaheim. And he was going on and on about Brian Murray. And he's like, and he just randomly was like, uh, oh, you know, uh, someone like Evan here knows a ton, you know, can know all these things about hockey systems and one, three ones and one, two, twos. When it comes to leading a group of men, Evan is not that guy. Brian Murray was that guy. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, come on, man. Goodness just gracious. Catching, just catching strays. Whoa. But it was, uh, yeah, Carl, I'm excited to see what, how he, uh, approaches commencement address. Uh, but anyways, yes, playoffs hopefully start sometime soon. Uh, for seeing this, me now, I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. We here at Bruins Beat wish you a great rest of your week. <laughs>